It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. once said, imagine what 7 billion humans could accomplish if we loved and respected one another. Just imagine. Imagine if there was no greed. Imagine if there was no comparison. If everyone was running their own race, but cheering for all others at the same time. Maybe we'll never see that in our lifetime. But what we all can do is start with ourselves. Start with yourself. Choose to lift others up. Choose to set the example, the example of kindness and integrity, the example of compassion and understanding. There's a quote that says, no matter how educated, talented, rich, or cool you believe you are, how you treat people ultimately tells all. Integrity is everything. It really is. Who you are is far more important than what you have, and it will always be. Who you are is measured by how you make others feel. Be kind to each other. In a world where you can be anything, be kind. Choose to be the change you wish to see in the world. Decide you will not wait for someone else. You will set the example. Be kind because you never know how much that person is suffering inside. You never know the difference your words can make, the difference your presence can make, the difference you can make to one human life. Be the reason someone believes in the goodness of humanity. Be the reason someone else decides to make a difference in others. Be the influence you want to see more of. Always do what is right, not what is easy in the moment. Kindness spreads like a virus. When you do good to another, that person does better to those they come in contact with. You really can make a big difference in the world today and every other day. And Frank said, in the long run, the sharpest weapon of all is a kind and gentle spirit. 
No one has ever made themselves great by showing how small another is. Be kind and always build others up to the best of your ability. Treat everyone with the same level of kindness that you would like for yourself. Not because everyone is nice, but because you are. Because karma makes no mistakes. Because it is right. Because you have integrity. Because you want this world to be better when you leave than when you arrive. Welcome to Inspired with Christopher. Join us on our journey together through all of life's triumphs and tribulations. Prepare for an open, honest, and inspiring look at all the questions you may have about your journey through life. Now I present to you, your host for this journey, ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Martin. to the latest edition of Inspired with Christopher. That's right. We're too tired to be wired. We're too blessed to be stressed, but we must admit we're too legit to quit. And we have special edition today. That's right, people. Special editions. It's all fun in the sun because you know what? We got a fellow uh, Reality Check podcast member. Wait, wait, wait. A fellow Reality Check podcast family member that is on the Wrestling with Reality podcast. Who does uh, a, uh, a, a a weekly show with Mr. Johnny podcasting? And you know what? He has one of the best characters that I have ever heard in my life when it comes to wrestling-related characters. And one of like my good new friends, um, Mr. Dean, but we love to call him Mr. Dean Broso. So, Dean, brother, how are you doing tonight? Bro, oh, great to be here, bro. Awesome, bro. Okay, so now, um, like, the one thing that has brought us all together is, like, our love for pro wrestling, okay? That is, like, the one thing that we all have in common, regardless of our views, when it comes to, like, the politics, race, religion, 
one thing that like we we all love is wrestling. Now, for you, what is the main thing that brought you to where you started to love wrestling? Like, what is like that one moment, or like that one person, or like that one show that got you hooked? All right, so for me, and, and you know, funny enough, we, we've been doing having a bit of fun with Vince Russo in recent times, but uh, some of Vince Russo's best booking uh, that he's ever done uh, was the 1998 Survivor Series Deadly Game Tournament. Um, and I, I caught that uh, on a... Somehow was able to watch it uh, on free-to-air television in Australia, and uh, I just gravitated towards The Rock uh, during that show. And, uh, the, the, yeah, The Rock was just... I just thought he was sensational. He just looked like a superstar. Um, carried himself like a superstar. So that, that for me... Obviously, I remember Hulk Hogan and, and Roddy Piper and some of the stuff from back in the day, but what really dragged me into being, a, I guess, hardcore wrestling fan was, yeah, The Rock circa 98, 99, and particularly his feud with Mankind Mick Foley uh, in the uh, early 99 period, late 98, early 99. Um, those two guys, The Rock and Mick Foley, are my top two guys uh, watching pro wrestling. So that would be it for me. That's... In terms of a particular timestamp, uh, 98 Survivor Series Deadly Game Tournament, that's that's what hooked me in. Okay, so like, uh, what's your favorite Rock Mick Foley match? If you had a, like, I mean, they had a bunch of classics, but if, I didn't. But if you had to say to like a non-wrestling fan, this is why that I love wrestling, what match would you show them? I would go to the match on Raw when uh, Mankind won the world title uh, and Stone Cold when he came out uh, at the very end to hit Rock with a chair and put Mick on top of the Rock. Uh, as much as I was a fan of the Rock, you just can't go past that. Um, they call it the pop heard around the world when, when Stone Cold oh, yeah, music yeah. hit. Uh, that is just incredible. Um, when that glass shatters, that crowd just loses their fucking mind. Oh, God, they do, yes. And it was just such a well-done match, so well put together and, and, and such a, a well-told story. Uh, and, and, and Mick obviously winning the title. It, it almost brings a tear to your eye, to your eye actually, when, uh, when Mick wins it and, and he's celebrating. Now, at the time, I was a fan of The Rock and, you know, I would have preferred The Rock to win. But in hindsight, looking back, that is just such a special, special match, special moment. So that's what I'd point to, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, man. And, like, the thing is, is that... Um which that like a few months ago my uh, wife uh my wife my daughter and my son we uh went to like a wrestling show down in uh sumter south carolina and like uh we got the opportunity where 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 like we met met mick foley mick oh, wow. is hands down one of the coolest guys that i have ever met he he goes so much further than what you expect for a nice guy. He is phenomenal, and uh, which that is, which that if I had to rank him, he he would be like my number two nicest wrestler that that I've ever met. Number one is Eddie Guerrero, um, which I love that you said Eddie. Yep, that's great. Um, which uh, that back in 2005, whenever my father took me to like a pay per view called No Way Out, uh, like the main like the main event was like Big Show versus JBL and in like the uh, and, and like barbed wire steel cage in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and um, 
my father got us backstage passes and we were uh and like we met eddie and like the crazy part about it is that i had so many questions for him and all he cared about was wanting to know what my life was about and he was talking about like the bible and things like that and it's just kind of like he he could have cared less speaking about wrestling saying and like and it's just he's such a humble laid-back nice guy and and which like for me like my big thing like with wrestling is that like growing up my cousin was um was a wrestler by the name of test um and, 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 yep yep and and like the thing is is that i got hooked with him and like um like the biggest storyline that like my cousin was 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 involved with it was a pivotal storyline like within the within that era and that was the the um the marriage to stephanie yep, which yep, like that yep. which like that helped which like that helped with kicking off the mcmen helmsley era and that was i mean just such a fantastic time like with being a fan so and um but like but but his favorite match from what he told me it was um like his match versus edge at survivor series 2001 like the title unification match for the united states championship and for the intercontinental championship and uh which that is one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time. And I get it that there's so many people out there that, that say, what the hell is wrong with you? Because the invasion angle sucked, but you're speaking to someone that was actually a fan of it. Now, Dean, what's your view on that angle on the invasion? Angle? What could they have done better? What were they doing right? What were they doing wrong? What do you think? Just before I answer that, and I will answer that. I, I, I yes, love sir. that you said. Uh, I love that you said Eddie, and and obviously you, you said about Mick. I think anyone yeah. that doesn't like Mick Foley, there's something wrong with them, <laughs> yeah. because uh, Mick is just a heart of gold, sensational. I had my yes. own experience with uh, Eddie Guerrero. Uh, WWE came to Perth around about I think it was about 2002, maybe 2003. The Global and- Warming Tour. Uh, that was a bit before it. No, this was a right. this was a second trip. I, I actually went to that global warning tour as well. But uh, okay. this was a probably two years after that. I'd say um, they actually came to Perth, and uh, they hadn't actually come to Perth probably ever at that point. Right. And uh, so all of the guys uh, went into our, our local casino here in in Perth. Uh, all the wrestlers went into the nightclub in there, and we sort of went up there and, and mingled with the wrestlers and. There was a bunch of guys like the Big Show, Rikishi, Shelton Benjamin. Uh, those guys just they, – they looked at me like I'd just taken a shit in their pocket. You know what I mean? Like they were they – really? just they could, Yeah, they just did not want anything to do with me. They were like, who the hell are you to, to, to come up to me? Um, but Eddie was amazing. Like I, I just went up to Eddie and said, look, man, I just want to say how, much, how much big a fan I am and how great you are. And, and exactly mm-hmm. what you said, Eddie just wanted – like – he makes you feel like you're the only person in the room. You know, he's very engaging, very nice. And um, I'll also shout out Ray Mysterio and Chavo as well. Those three yeah. guys, I'll never, ever forget that. That was, it was just so nice to them. They don't have to do it. And like I say, the other guys, the other guys shook my hand and everything, but it's just, 
it was clear they didn't want me to be there. Uh, whereas Eddie, yeah. Ray, and Chavo took the time to actually talk and, and, and make you feel special. So I'm glad you said Eddie um, because, yeah, I, I yes. love Eddie. Uh, absolutely sensational. The invasion angle, I'm with you. People shit on the invasion angle because of what it could have been. What it could have been if WWE bought the entire WCW, bought all the contracts. Absolutely. That that would have been sensational if if uh, when the angle started, it was Bischoff, Nash, Hogan and Hall that come out, yeah, yeah the NWO. If that, if that was the invasion angle, of course, that would have been way better. They didn't have that. They could have done a slow burn on it. They could have waited, you know, and, and not done the invasion for... I think what what was it? It was probably about nine months later where they brought the NWO in. So maybe oh, yeah. they could have held off six to nine months before starting uh, the invasion. But they struck while the iron was hot. And, and I'm with you. I, I didn't hate it. Uh, I I quite liked the fact that they incorporated ECW. And I, I'll never forget that day when um, I forget who it was. I think it might have been Jericho and Kane that were getting beaten down by WCW. And then it was um, the Dudleys and I think Lance Taz Storm. And, you're just incredible, uh, Dreamer and Rob Van Dam. Like they came through the crowd. Um, yeah, but there was there was a time where a bunch of guys come running down that were already in WWE, uh, and I think it was mm-hmm. like the Dudleys, Taz. There may have been someone else. Uh, might have been like Rhino or Raven. Yeah, someone like that. They all came down and and they they were all like, "Here comes the WWE cavalry." And then there's that moment you realize, "Hang on, they're all old ECW guys," <laughs> and then yeah. they all turn. And attack Kane and Jericho. I loved that moment. I thought that was a great, great little moment. And I think for what it was, uh, if you forget about the fact that they could have, you know, maybe they should have bought those contracts of the of the bigger stars, or or maybe mm. held it off. For what it was, for what they had available, I, I'm with you. I, I quite enjoyed it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And like, but like my biggest complaint, like with it, is like the main person that they kind of shit the bed with. It was Diamond Dallas Page. Mm-hmm. The angle that they had with him, like with him being like the stalker. I'm just like thinking to myself, what the hell is wrong? Mm-hmm. You guys had gold. You could have done the the People's Champion from WCW versus the People's Champion from the WWF. You could have had the Rock versus DDP, and I think that that would have been money right there. But like, just they did the whole stalker angle, and then like they switch it to like Booker T versus The Rock, because like they both had the same finishing moves. So guess what? They had to fight each other. I mean, just crap like that. But like, the honest truth is, um, one of like my favorite pay per views of all time. It was um, SummerSlam. 2001 uh like the matches were fantastic very very well done uh the best of the series with kurt angle and stone cold was at SummerSlam, where where uh, where uh, where like kurt got busted open i mean he he was giving it his all then there was the match with uh rob van dam versus jeff hardy the hardcore ladder match which was fantastic i mean um someone that's extremely uh, underrated uh, because he can't talk very well is Lance Storm. Lance is a great, great wrestler. Uh, when it comes to him being a person in a, in a real life, he's a brown nosing Meltzer ass kisser, and and like he comes off like a snobby jackass. But I do like his wrestling talent so i mean which that i will give him that but um but no like the whole jericho versus rhino thing and then like the smackdown set uh, 
Rhino goring Jericho through like the SmackDown screen, which led to like the fist Titan Tron that we all love from 2002. Um, I, I just, I mean, like there's so many great things, like there's so many great memories from that. And, um, and, uh, and, uh, so no, like SummerSlam 2001, like was fantastic, but, um, What's your favorite pay-per-view of all time? If you had like, like from top to bottom, if you had like to show somebody, Hey, this is what pay-per-view is all about. What would your show be? Yeah, look, that's hard to say. Top to bottom, I always lean towards WrestleMania X seven. Uh, basically just before the invasion and uh, just like, it was literally just yeah. after WWE bought uh, WCW. Uh, you know, that had uh, obviously, the amazing uh, TLC two, uh, which was what the third ladder match that they'd had, um, the mm-hmm. Dudley's Hardys and um, Edge and Christian. It had uh, the the Vince versus Shane match, where I think one of the <laughs> one of the truly great WrestleMania moments of all time is is when the sedated uh, Linda McMahon stands up out of the chair, and the <laughs> crowd just pops huge. <laughs> And then she yeah. goes and kicks Vince in the balls. Like, it's just a hell of a moment because it was built up so nice where, you know, Vince was, um, you know, screwing her over there and, you know, having the affair with Trish, so to speak. And I, I just thought that was sensational for such a small little moment. It was it was really well done. And then uh, Stone Cold and The Rock with their main event uh, at X7 was great. Um, obviously, Stone Cold's heel turn at the end of it, which in hindsight probably didn't work out as well as they would have liked. But that match was just off the charts and you know the crowd was hot for it and uh yeah so i'd say wrestlemania x7 uh, and you mentioned rhino can we can we all agree rhino's gore is the best fucking spear in the business like that oh, is God, yeah. sensational freaking edge's spear is shitty as hell i do not like his spear he needs to come up with another finisher i mean yes yes he's retired now ladies and gentlemen and i get it but i wish he would have had something else i mean yes he 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 had like the downward spiral thing, which was like a which was like a ripoff of like the Chris Canyon finisher, like the flatliner. He had like the DDT that was like a ripoff of Gangrel, but like towards like the last few years of like his career, it was a spear. Yeah, he just didn't look good using it. I'm sorry. I, I agree that his execution of the spear is is not as good as um, as a Goldberg or a Rhino, but I love the way Edge used to build into the spear. Uh, yeah. You know, Roman sort of tries to do a similar thing now, but just doesn't sell it as well. The way Edge would get in the corner and and really fire up and and just show how angry he was and ready to deliver that spear, I love that. But then the actual execution of it kind of felt like he ran in and gave him a cuddle. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. What's your favorite finisher? If let's say you I'd, were stunner. Uh, like stunner, wrestling. mate. You a can't stunner. get past a stunner. Yeah. I fucking you, love the stunner. Uh, um who do, who do you think sold it the best? Uh I think oh gee. I think Shade used to sell it pretty damn well. Uh I think the rock oversold it. He was going for comedy value. Oh god, yes. Um, Shane used to sell it pretty well. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. He's delivered so many over the years. It's hard to say. I'll, I'll probably go Shaming Man. I think he yeah. he used to do the nice bounce up and then bang flat on his back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I liked how Shane used to sell it. Scott Hall's Salick was really good too. Yeah, yeah, Scott Hall was pretty good. 
he would like bounce backward and like land like straight on like his ass. It's it, it, he he was kind of like a ru- rubber band with it. You just go like boing like straight back. Him mm. and um, Ben Wass sold it very well too. Um, oh yeah. Yep. But no, man, just like, and uh, like the stunner, like for me, like my favorite of all time is like the pedigree, which I think is a fantastic finisher. And um, which Stone Cold sold it very, very well. But I think um, probably like the best seller of it would have to, and which I know some people aren't going to like this, but I think Ben Wall sold it the best. are we allowed to talk about Benoit on this network? I'm just saying, because I don't get in trouble. We don't want like the snowflakes to come after us. All right. You can't, wa- you can't wipe him out of history, mate. Like it's, uh, hey, look, he did a disgusting thing to end his life, but you can't, you can't wipe history. Uh, you know, right. Benoit was, he was, a, he was a legendary wrestler. There's no doubt about that. He's just at the end of his life, a piece of shit. <laughs> and I agree. And my thing is, is that, is that I think, with like his CTE, with like the steroids, with uh, he he just wasn't the same person. And I think that like the one thing that really contributed to it was like the loss of his best friend Eddie. Mm. He 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 didn't know how to handle life afterwards. And I'm and which that is that I'm a firm believer of that. And like the thing is, is that let's say you lose your best friend. I mean, you're not going to be the same. I mean, you're going to feel like that sense of loss, like like that sense of heartache. How people deal with it, they they deal with it differently. And which I know, like for me, like with me losing both of my parents, that I haven't been like the best person to, to be around for like the past two years. My wife, she's been having to deal like with me and which it hasn't been that easy. So I'm just saying people deal like with death differently. So but I think like Chris, like 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 his life started to go downhill after Eddie died. So, but no, um, I now, agree with that. And with the with the CTE and the steroids and that, no doubt that contributed. But uh, there's just there, <laughs> there's no way in the world that I'm going to sit here and give him any level of excuse uh, no. for that that final weekend of his life. Um, I don't care how fucked up your brain is, whatever. Uh, he absolutely should never be any in any Hall of Fame because it's... That's fucked. It, what he did is fucking horrendous and I'm sure those things did contribute, but I'm not giving him any level of excuse for that final weekend of his life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, the thing is, is that, uh, is that, like, um... You speak about like wrestlers that the, the, that are killers, and like one person like that comes to mind is Jimmy Snuka. Now, mm-hmm. do you, now do you think that they should take Jimmy out of the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. Like, I mean, I'm not 100 percent sure of the story, but if he's guilty, then yeah, he should be out. It should be okay. removed. They, re- you know, they've put him back. Well, I assume they've put him back in, but they they removed Hulk Hogan when you know those videos came out where you know he was saying racist stuff. Um, you know, like yeah, if it yeah. if it's if it's proven that Jimmy Snooker uh, was responsible, yeah, he needs yeah. he needs to be removed from the Hall of Fame, one hundred percent. Okay, okay. Now, um, when it comes to like a physical Hall of Fame, do you, do you think 
the McMahons, they should be stricter on how like they pick people, or do you think that there should be like a, a a like fans they should vote on it? How do you think like the process should work for like the Hall of Fame? Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question. I I think it, at the end of the day, anything WWE, it kind of always is going to boil down to Vince and, and what Vince wants. But if you look at uh, you sort of your professional sport hall of fames it's it's usually uh you know a bunch of journalists and uh, i assume former players and, and stuff like that that's uh, devote this in i think there needs to be a, a a group of people that um yeah a certain voting criteria and you've got to get a certain amount of votes which i know probably uh amongst some people this will be uh, an unpopular thing to say but i in all honesty i think the way Meltzer does his wrestling observer hall of fame is is the right way to go it's it's not just who dave says it's it's actually a whole bunch of different people voting whether it be former wrestlers um other wrestling journalists fans all of that i think i think there needs to be a, a whole group of people that that votes for these things because yeah look I, I, i'm pretty sure there's guys in the hall of fame that probably don't belong there and there's plenty of guys that aren't that probably should be there yeah uh, but then you also have situations where Owen Hart's um, widow, I forget her name, uh, she refuses Martha. to allow them. Martha, that's right. Yeah. My yeah. apologies. Uh, she refuses yeah. to allow them to put Owen in and we know Owen would be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, so there's certain situations where people perhaps don't want to allow um, or, you know, or don't want to go in. But I think, yeah. you know, just being, being Vince and Triple H or whoever deciding who goes in, uh, then that kind of makes it a little bit biased and, and not oh, exactly yeah. right. Oh yeah, and um, which I noticed that you have like a "What Happened When" shirt. So uh, I do. you're like a big Tony Schiavone fan. I love Tony. He's fantastic. Yeah. Now, right. when was the first time you heard Tony Schiavone? I mean, like, well, let 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 me know like about your Tony experience. Like, what got you hooked with Tony? Uh, literally what happened when, because uh, I've always been a, a WWF, WWE guy. I didn't, uh, okay. didn't really watch any WCW back in the day. Uh, obviously yeah. knew of Tony and the big thing for Tony was the butts in the seats line when, when Mick Foley, that match I mentioned earlier actually, where Mick Foley won the world title for the first time. Yeah. I think a lot of WWF fans, that was what they knew of, knew of Tony. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, over the past, what, three, four years and particularly with what happened when uh, Tony is just such a great personality and a, a great sense of humor. So yeah, when I started listening to what happened when I was like, wow, I like, I wish I had have heard more of this guy back in the day because he's truly sensational, like a really oh, yeah. great guy. And like uh, the the um, AEW would be stupid not to have a Jim Ross Tony Schiavone team on TNT. Okay. You have the best of WCW with the best of the WWE. Why not? Mm. So, no, that's like, fair. I mean, you do you do need to build these guys for the future. Like, I think that's fair enough to say. But you, you, you first of all, you need to build your brand, and uh, people are, are familiar. Particularly going back to TNT, uh, people are familiar with Tony's voice. They're, they're familiar mm-hmm. with Jim Ross's voice, and um, obviously have those guys to build for the future. Um, the likes of Excalibur and, and a couple of the other guys that they're they're looking to build, but I, I think you're right. I think um, get that familiarity first with uh, with Tony and Jim Ross, 
and then you That's can, you know, you can work your way up with Excalibur and the other guys. So no, it's spot on, man. Like those two guys are gonna, are gonna help draw fans in because they're recognizable voices. Oh yeah. Now, um, what is your view on uh, on like the product of um, A E E E W so far? Are you impressed? What what are they doing good? What are they doing bad? I mean, what do you think? I I think like most people, I am really enjoying pretty much anything that Cody does, and I'm I'm not a real big Cody guy, but he's yeah. he's just doing things well. Like starting off with the the thing with Dustin, and um, and then you know Sean Spears and all this stuff they got going on. I think. Uh, that, that kind of feels a little bit more old school, a little bit more pro wrestling. So, like, I'm really enjoying that. Uh, obviously, the debut of Moxley, he's, he's had some problems lately, but I think they did the d- debut of Moxley right. Uh, yeah. th- there's a few other things. Like, we all know Kenny Omega's great. I just think he's hit a bit of a stale spot at the moment, and I, I don't think they really know what to do with him. Um, but there is a lot of the stuff, and probably sound a little bit like Jim Cornette here, but there's a lot of stuff from like uh, you just it's not it's not even a wink and a nod to the audience. It's a, it's a big middle finger to the audience with some of the stuff they're doing. And you know, I know yeah. some people love Orange Cassidy. Uh, I just to me that's that's a novelty that wears off really quickly uh, with his the whole hands in his pockets thing. And um, you know, that might be funny the first time you see it, maybe the first couple of times you see it. But yeah. once you've seen it, you've seen it. Uh, and I just. Hopefully the guy's got more talent to be able to evolve into to more than just that yeah. because I just see that wearing out really quickly. Uh, yeah, some of the other little things like Marco Stunt. I got no problem with the guy having a job uh, with AEW, and I'll never ever begrudge anyone getting work and getting paid. I just, mm-hmm. you know, a dude that's that small. Uh, how, where can you really go with it? Um, I mean, I know I know Ray Mysterio was successful, but he's a lot bigger than Marco Stunt. Uh, yeah. So yeah, stuff like that, I just kind of go, do you want people to take it seriously or not? Uh, so that kind of stuff bothers me. But then, like I say, you see mm-hmm. some of the stuff Cody's doing, and like I think Puck, um, you know, the former Neville, he seems to take his business really seriously, and yeah. uh, and I think he could be a, a big time player. Jericho's just for me, Jericho's Jericho in the um, Jericho knows what he's doing, and and Jericho's great. Uh, so yeah, there's good and bad. I see there's definitely positive going forward, but you can certainly see the things that are going to bring them down if they're not careful. Oh yeah, and like uh, you speak about Jim Cornette's views, and Jim is talking about the whole thing with like Ma- Ma- Marco's son. Marco would make like a great great mascot for like mm. uh, Jungle Boy and for like the Luchasaurus. But you have people like Marco Stunt, and you have people like. Cassidy where they they basically they expose the business and 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 okay you're wanting like to bring fans in and you're wanting them like and you're wanting them like to take like your your product seriously whenever you okay you you have classic matches like Cody versus Dustin and then it goes from that to a guy walking around with his pockets just smiling, not giving a shit, and just fake fighting. I mean, it's just, it's like one drastic to another. And like the one thing that drives me nuts is that, like with Jim, like with, like with Jim Cornette saying, that you have companies like e- e- ECW, they pigeonhole their self 
as a niche brand with their styles. And he said that if you pigeonhole your company with like being like one way, then you can only grow so big because uh, how will you go out of like that niche audience? Okay. And like, um, and, uh, he said, for the most part, like with the with, with like the WWF, while he was working there, they were willing to grow. They they were willing to change with the times and cut certain shit out. And like with the way that like the modern world is, you see like the hardcore wrestling like with Jelly Belly Janella. And you 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 have havoc and you have all those other guys. I'm sorry, but like you said, there's only so many times that someone will will see you go through thumbtacks and you think, all right, well, what's next? Yeah. So, so, I mean, it's just like the, yes, yes, I am a Jim Cornette fan and yes, there's brand members that listen to this show, but by God, Jim is right. When it comes to a lot of shit, when it comes to like his personal views, we might not see 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 it from like the same view, but Jim, he is a very smart guy. But like you said, Dean, like a few weeks back, Jim doesn't need to talk shit. He needs to give like his view and not threaten people and say, "I'm gonna fuck you up." Whenever we all know Jim can't fight. Yeah. You know, so uh, I'm sorry that I went on like a little rant there, but no, man, it's just like you got me thinking about that. But no, um, we're we're talking about like Russo earlier. Now, um, now, um, what's your view on Vince Russo, the writer and Vince Russo, the man from what you've seen? Yeah, look, uh, I have the utmost respect for the writing that Vince did in WWE or WWF at that time. And look, some of his writing with WCW and TNA was really good as well. The biggest thing for me is the guys that you had in the WWF to make it work. And, you know, the, the likes of Stone Cold, The Rock, Mick Foley, The Undertaker, these are the top echelon uh, that have that have done it uh, in the business. So I think it, it kind of proves since then that hey, Vince can write great stuff for the great talent, um, not necessarily like there, there's some lesser talent that perhaps, you know, it's it's a little bit too, little bit too hot shot, a little bit too crazy booking. Uh, yeah. So, you know, whether like people that say Vince Russo is a failure, that is ridiculous. Like the, the dude was a tremendous success in uh, in WWF in particular, and has done some successful things. So, I, I think uh, Vince deserves his spot in history uh, for for what he achieved um, in that period of time in in the WWF. He absolutely does. Uh, my biggest thing with Vince Russo, the man, and you know, look, some of it might be shtick uh, or, or whatever, but. The more I hear Vince, like Vince just, he contradicts himself a lot and uh, is a bit of a hypocrite at times. And I think a lot of the stuff like with his show, That's Life, you know, he says a lot of things that he doesn't follow up on himself. And, you know, that's what started the heat with John Wangland is, is John called him out on some of that stuff. And 
you look at a guy like, you know, when he sits there on castrating the marks, which I don't listen to anymore. I used to, but I don't listen to it anymore. When, when he sits there and he talks about, you know, Melcher and Keller and that being obsessed and you shouldn't be this obsessed with someone and, and you're a mark, but then he's got a guy like Troy who's clearly obsessed with him and, you know, constantly sending him gifts and, and cheering bits on his, on his Twitch chat. Thanks for the bits, Troy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Shouldn't, like, if if you're going to practice what you preach, shouldn't you be maybe giving Troy a call and saying, mate, like, there's more to life than just getting on my Twitch stream and, and, you know, obsessing over all my podcasts. Like, that's just an example of not practicing what you preach. You know, you're insulting these guys like Meltzer and Keller and Alvarez on that for being obsessed with wrestling, but there's members of the brand that are just as obsessed about Vince Russo that those guys are with pro wrestling. And, but you know, they're, they're Vince's fans and he, and he lets them go with it. So yeah, that kind of stuff. I think he's a bit of a hypocrite. I think overall he's a nice guy. He's a charming guy. Um, it's just, you know, you kind of need to need to look a bit deeper sometimes and, and, and see some of the, yeah, just sort of hypocritical things that he, that he says. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And which, which like speaking of Russo, I mean that I give Russo all the credit within the world because he's the main reason why the, 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 that I found my voice when it comes like the podcasting Vince, he's the one that named my show. Many people don't know that actually. And like Vince, it, he's been nothing but kind to me. But like, the thing is, is that, as I see things go, when it comes like to him and John and Jeff Lane and and like Matt Coon and those characters, it really changes my views on Vince saying, okay, now is Vince truly a genuine man when it comes to sticking up for what he feels or 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 will Vince say what he needs to say simply to make a buck so i mean yeah. i so john he's really really made me see things in a different view but for the better so i mean and like just really really quick uh yes i am a man of god but i'm gonna say this right now uh fuck jeff lane okay <laughs> just try, because he doesn't know john he doesn't know where John was coming from, and he's got his head shoved up Vince Russo's ass so far that he knows what Vince ate for breakfast this morning. So, like, straight up, Jeff, if you were a real man, you would have the balls to mention John's name on your network, and you would have the balls to message John man-to-man or call him and say, hey, man, let's work this shit out. But no, dude, you, you just want to run your mouth like little bitch not mention John's name and just say, oh, no, we don't want to talk about that. And then you want to censor Mike Durban, someone that has done nothing wrong to you, someone that is a class act, an extremely good guy, all simply because Mike Durban had John on his show. Give me a break. But no, like you talk about censorship. I mean, that's censorship right there. I'm sorry, guys. And I ain't trying to go off on a tangent here once again. But what we're going to do is like we're going to speak about some new topics on the other side. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are about to have this week's edition of Inspired 
song of the week and Mr. Dean Rousseau here, he's going to be picking the song. Dean, have you thought about what you want yet? Or do you I want to surprise no. the listeners? I'll surprise the listeners. Uh, so when when they hear this, when they hear it, they'll uh, yeah they'll hear it. At, at this point, I'm going to keep you in the dark. All right, guys, you're going you're going to be in for a surprise. So see you on the other side. Tonight I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, and I hope you enjoyed that song. Whether you rocked out, whether you cried out, whether you were mellowed in the romantic mood, it doesn't matter. It was Dean's song that he picked, so by God, I, and then I hope you enjoyed it. All right, now we we could talk about wrestling all night, really. I mean, because like straight up, we're man enough to say that we're marks. Okay, we're not obsessed, but we are marks. We love the business, but we also love pro football. Now, uh, Dean, what what got you loving football, and who's your favorite team? Start off with favorite team. Uh, probably not a huge surprise being international. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh, nice. Probably uh, globally one of the more well known teams uh, in the NFL. Now, I chose the Dallas Cowboys when I was, uh, gee, what, how old would I have been? 10 or 11 years old. Uh, Emmett Smith was the guy at the time. Uh, you know, the Cowboys went to back to back Super Bowls and, and won them both against the Bills. Um, and yeah, I was a big Emmett Smith fan. And I, in fact, the first two games of NFL I ever watched were those two Super Bowls uh, because the Super Bowl used to be our last day of school holidays. Um, really? Before we went back. Yeah, it's the last day of our summer holidays before we'd go back to school. So um, yeah, I, they were the first two games of NFL I ever watched was those two Super Bowls. But so I chose the Cowboys as my team then, but never really followed it until about oh, eight eight years ago I think it was and um, I just discovered this American radio show that was just being played overnight uh, here in Perth on a, on a station and the, the guys were really good and uh, I, I started listening to them and just started slowly learning about the NFL and and now yeah, uh, well, I've been in a fantasy football league for about six years and uh, I get up on a Monday morning at 2am to uh, get up and watch watch NFL football so yeah I'd say about like I say about eight nine years ago um, yeah. yeah some uh, an American radio show and now I'm a huge fan of the Ben Maller show I don't know if you've ever heard of Ben Maller on Fox Sports Radio but huge fan of his and uh, I've been a caller to his show for about five years now and um, yeah just to uh, really enjoy being a part of that show uh, tweeting okay. the show and and calling in and I love Ben's take on sport and particularly the NFL. So, yeah, that's pretty much how I got into the NFL. Very nice, very nice. So, like, uh, now, since, since like, we're plugging Ben, uh, does Ben have a uh, Twitter that, that, like, we, yeah. uh, people can message him at? Yeah, just okay. at Ben Meller uh, is, okay. is his Twitter. Uh, M-A-L-L-E-R is his surname. Obviously, Ben's pretty obvious to figure out. Oh, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> at Ben Mallor. I think he's uh, so for you guys uh, 2 till 6 Eastern overnights throughout the week uh, mm -hmm. overnight show and he's just uh, last week just launched a podcast of his own uh, called The Fifth Hour because uh, okay. obviously he does a four hour radio show so it's called The Fifth Hour and he does um, two shows a week uh, one of them is uh, Benny versus the Penny where he picks NFL games uh, all the NFL games each week and um, so he does his picks and then they flip a coin and it's kind of a little gimmick they've gone to see like to kind of prove that you know it doesn't really matter how much you know about the NFL uh, you could pretty much flip a coin and uh, and get the same results on your on your gambling so uh, that's kind of the Benny versus the Penny uh, situation so that's part of it and then his second show each week is more of a more of a his personal personal life I guess you know uh, not so much talking sports talking a little bit about his own life and 
Um, he's a, he's a really interesting guy, and he's been in the uh, radio game for oh, I don't know 20, 25 years, and has some great stories from over the years. So yeah, I'm a huge Ben Maller fan. Check him out, uh, Fox Sports Radio overnights throughout the week, two to six Eastern. Uh, I'll plug the shit out of Ben. I'm a huge fan. Awesome, awesome. Now, like, okay. Um, speaking of shows and speaking of things like podcasting, now, um, you are extremely talented. Like, you, you have like a, you have like a very, very good voice. What is your goal like with podcasting? Where do you want to be? I mean, I, what's your dreams when it comes to that? It's a, it's a great. Goal. I mean, I think, I think any of us that that sort of try to get into podcasting. I think the dream is to, to be able to uh, spend your life sitting behind a microphone and have people enjoying your opinions and enjoying your takes. Um, I've obviously done a, a few different things now in terms of character development. Uh, we obviously started out uh, doing the parody of uh, Matt Coon. I was the man behind the Fat yeah. Coon parody account and um, created a voice, you know, uh, created Fat Coon, you know, went on oh, the wrestling reality podcast you know uh so there was that and we've obviously had some fun with the the castrating the bros and bro i've done vince real self bro um and done a few others there's a there's a sneak peek uh into uh castrating the bros number two is coming up i think tomorrow on the reality check podcast network so there's a couple other little things in there so i guess for me like I say, I can have a little bit of fun with voices. I do have that ability to do different voices, different accents. And um, I guess, yeah, for, for people to be able to enjoy my opinions, but also do some other things with, like I say, a bit of character and a bit of fun, make people laugh. I, I really do enjoy trying to make people laugh. And, and when I'm successful with that, uh, it just it fills me with joy to, to be able to make people laugh. So Awesome, brother. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, 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 wait. So like breaking news, we're having some cash trading the bros coming up. We do, yeah. Again. I'm yeah. so excited for that, man. I'm so excited <laughs> because like the first time that I like the honest truth, like the first time that I heard you was on like the first uh, thing of cash trading the bros, and just you were hands down like the funniest part. I mean. With yes, 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 I will give credit to like the rest of like the reality tech family, but dude, you were the star of the damn show. I just can't stop fucking laughing. So I'm just saying that you have the potential where you can do big, big things, man. So um, I just really, really, and and which I know that you're you're not you're not a Christian, but I will be praying for you and that that. That, that I hope that you have nothing but the utmost success. And um, speaking of podcasting, what are like your favorite podcasts? What do what do you like to listen to? Oh, well, first of all, thank you very much uh, for those comments, mate. I really appreciate it. I might not yes, be a Christian, but one thing I will say, hey, it can never hurt to pray. And I've prayed in my life, dude, and even being an atheist, I still pray from time to time because, hey, I might be wrong. <laughs> I might be wrong That's about good. the existence of a God. So, hey, it can't hurt to pray. So I thank, I thank yeah. you for that, mate, and I appreciate it. And I also yes, want to go back to uh, your show. I think it was last week um, where you where you mentioned myself. It might have been the week before uh, where you mentioned our yes, conversation sir. on wrestling with reality. Mate, that... That was just really amazing feeling for me to, to know that perhaps my words had a little bit of an impact on you and, and uh, made you feel better about yourself. So I want to thank you for that, for taking the time to, to, to point that out. And it, it made me feel really, really special to know that 
perhaps, yeah, my words can have an impact on people. So it's kind of why you do oh, yeah. these kind of things is, you know, if people are listening to you and taking in what you got to say, if it has an impact, uh, that that's huge. So th- thanks for, for saying that. And, um, and I'm glad that, you know, that I could help you in some small way. Uh, in terms You're of podcasts, <laughs> all good. Um, in terms of podcasts, I like, so I've got uh, a few in the, in the wrestling uh, realm. I think most people in, that are wrestling fans are fans of something to wrestle with. Uh, that was one of, the, one of the first ones that I really got into, and I, I'll listen to that every single week. I listen to Jim Cornette every week. I love Jim Cornette's show. I'm going to plug the yeah. shit out of that. That's a great show. Jim Jim's entertaining and uh, yeah, just a really engaging character. I, I I've gone off some of the others a little bit. Like I don't listen to What Happened When as much as I used to. Um, Why is that? I listen. I just I'm not a huge fan of the watch along thing. Uh, it's just not really my thing. I still listen to it, just not religiously every week that like okay. I used to. Um, I'll listen to 83 weeks as well with Bishop. I like. I really love historical stuff, and I love going back and looking at what happened and, and, and talking about breaking it down, analyzing what happened uh, in the past. So in terms of the wrestling realm, that's they're some of my favorites. Uh, outside Jim Ross's wrestling, show, it would be perfect for you, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. I'm not a big fan. I've, I've um, I found myself getting frustrated with Jim. To me, he's coming off pretty bitter uh, a lot of the times. And, doing a lot of bitching about things and complaining about things and I, I was really looking forward to it thinking I'm going to love this show and I've just yeah. found myself found myself going oh, Jim like get over some of this stuff from back in the past okay. like you, you had a really great run and made a shit ton of money uh, working for the WWE but mm-hmm. it just seems so bogged down about some of the things like the Dr. Heine and and when he got shifted to SmackDown in a draft and some of those things and I just sit back and go Oh, gee, like, why are you complaining so much? So yeah. I still listen to Jim Ross. I do, but uh, yeah, I've just found myself a little bit annoyed with him lately. Okay. Um, but uh, outside of wrestling, I've got, I've got a fair few that I'm really loving at the moment outside of wrestling. What's that? Uh, there's a, uh, there's a one a reasonably new called Sports Wars, uh, which is uh, basically picking a rivalry um, from throughout the years. And uh, one of the first ones is Brett Favre yeah. versus Aaron Rodgers. Uh, what do you think? Do you think Favre is better, or do you think Rogers is? Uh, at this stage, Brett Favre, I think has has it has the edge. Now it depends what Rogers does over the next few years as to if he can pick up another Super Bowl and and uh, really put up some big numbers over the next few years, and he might eclipse Favre. But at this point, I'll give the nod to Favre. Um, but yeah, outside of that, they've had like Federer, Roger Federer versus Rafael Nadal. Are you a tennis fan? Uh, I watch a bit of tennis. Uh, okay. I, I'm, I'm Nadal over Federer personally, but um, okay. it's you know that one you could kind of flip a coin in in that battle. Uh, so yeah, a lot of a lot of rivalries like that where they go down and break down uh, the history of some of those rivalries. Uh, what else do I like? What really happened? Uh, which is yeah. uh, the Rocks Production Company uh, produces yeah. that. Andrew Jenks is the host. Uh, that's a, that's a really good one. It goes back in a piece of time and, and tries to break down what really happened. Um, hence the, hence the title. Uh, what is it like? Wait, 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 like what, what's like the topics? Is it like historical things? Yeah. So 
the first one is uh, Muhammad Ali talked a guy off the off a ledge uh, back in yeah. uh, gee, I think it was early eighties. I think it was. Uh, yeah. So they they he goes down and breaks through that breaks down that because uh, there's a little bit of conjecture about what went down that day. Uh, yeah. They go into Britney Spears's meltdown, you know, when she shaved her head, and um, yeah, went a little bit crazy there for a while. Uh, what yeah. else was there? Uh, what are some of the other topics he's he's gone through? I can't remember all the topics, but it's always a well-researched, well-produced show. But my number one, my number one podcast right now, and I might have mentioned yes. it to you and John on Wrestling With Reality a couple of weeks ago, uh, 1865 is a uh, podcast goes into the aftermath of the assassination of President Lincoln. Yeah. And it is a truly fascinating look as to what took place um, after John Wilkes Booth obviously pulled that trigger and and um, and killed the president, and uh, the, the main character is the the Secretary of War Edward Stanton at the time, really? and yeah, and his battle uh, with the the new president coming in, uh, Andrew Johnson, and them trying to uh, then trying to catch, first of all, catch John Wilkes Booth and then um, trying to prove a conspiracy that the South were behind um, the, mm-hmm. the, the assassination and, and just the tactics that they used to try and get that. And, yeah, it's, it's such a well-done podcast. Now, it keeps you on the edge of your seat and keeps you engaged. Now, wasn't John shot in, like, a barn or something? Like the uh, Okay, okay. Now, how different do you think the nation would have been if Lincoln would have survived. Oh, I think it's hard to say, but it would have been a massive difference because of um, Johnson coming in uh, was much more willing to yield to the South, uh, whereas Lincoln was pushing forward. You know, he's he got the abolishment of slavery and uh, and the plans were to give, you know, they took land back off of these white slave owners and it was to give it to the freedmen to, to give it to the to the blacks uh there, there was there was things that were going to go go forward um which i think would have advanced uh the equality a little bit more and um slowing down some of the racism in in america so i think that sort of slowed the progress i, I think it would have been a massive difference on the nation but hey who knows you know lincoln was only one man uh but he did seem to have he did. He, he was such a, a had a, such a great ability of inspiring people, you know, which is oh, probably yeah. great on, on this show. Inspired, uh, he was yeah. such a <laughs> such a great talker uh, and a, an ability to get people behind him and, and follow him. Uh, so yeah, oh. I, I think that probably one of the biggest influences on the history of the U.S. would probably be the assassination of of Abraham Lincoln. I mean, okay. And speaking of that, I mean, you look at people that were huge, massive trailblazers that change so many lives and you you notice how those people they get killed yep. before their time you lincoln jfk john lennon martin luther king i mean i can go on and on and like the thing yeah, is yeah. And, and like speaking of martin luther excuse me it's speaking like of martin luther king he was a huge huge uh, 
influence on me and when it comes to like the way that I view people and like the one thing that I carry with me is one thing that Dr. King said which was don't judge someone based off the color of their skin but the content of their character I was, I was about to say it, it's something I'll never ever forget I have a dream that my yeah. four little children will one day live in a nation where they're not just judged by the color of their skin but by yeah, the but content the, of their character I have a dream the, today Yeah, yep, absolutely yep. amazing speech I've got oh, chills yeah. just right now just saying it. it is so uh, brilliant Oh yeah, oh yeah, and like, uh, and like, there's so many people that want to tear Martin Luther down, say, "Oh, he cheated on like his wife and crap like that." Straight up, we, we, no one knows for sure. I mean, like the God's truth is, no one knows for sure, and who cares? It should not take away from the freaking huge impact that he had on the world and you look at bill clinton like the god honest truth is that is bill was a shitty husband he still is a shitty husband but by god he did a fantastic job with this country and like and like the thing is is that like with hillary there's not many people that are huge fans of hillary but she had a huge huge role in like the way that our country was like within like the past 30 years, which like many people don't know is uh, that if it wasn't for Hillary, we wouldn't have like the like the healthcare. like the healthcare system that we have right now, like this, like the positive steps we've gone into because she's one of the people that like was screaming out universal health care. She helped get us in the right direction when it comes to things like children being discriminated when it comes to their disabilities and them going to different schools she fought for equal rights for kids with disabilities and she won so that's why you have kids with disabilities that can go to public schools in alabama or mississippi yeah had those black kids yeah oh yeah and she fought for discrimination and things like that like there's so many misconceptions with her and just and like i said you might have your view on her but i've seen good good come from her and and like the same goes for Bill. But anyways, um, I have a question. There's a huge misconception with your country of Australia. Okay, now would you like to tell my listeners what the big misconceptions are and what like the truth is? Okay, okay. First off, a kangaroo's pouch. Many yeah. people want to jump in a pouch. No, you and you say that it's truly disgusting. Why yeah. is that? Uh, because they carry their joeys around in those pouches. And, um, yeah, the, the, the joeys, are, I'm assuming, are probably pissing and shitting in there. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and they're just, yeah, they're, they're, they're gross. They're disgusting. You don't, you don't want anything to do with a kangaroo's pouch. Uh, yeah, stay away <laughs> from a kangaroo's pouch. The kangaroo <laughs> wouldn't let you near its pouch anyway. It would kick you in the face. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Now, Fosters, do you guys drink it? Absolute piss. That's why we export it. Oh, my God. Okay. And your biggest sport is uh, it, it's cricket, right? Uh, cricket in the summertime. So cricket's our baseball. Okay. Uh, 
that's our summertime sport. Australian rules football would be the rugby? number one sport. No, no, rugby is separate. Uh, so okay. rugby's number two. Rugby be number two. Uh, Australian rules football is that weird sport that you guys don't really know anything about. Um, it's only really played in our country. Uh, I think it's the best sport in the world, but I've grown up on it. It's a hard okay. sport to learn, hard sport to understand, but uh, when you understand it, it, it's hard not to fall in love with it. It's okay. uh, it's hard hitting, uh, fast paced, uh, just athleticism. Um, okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's my favorite sport. So yeah, Australian awesome. rules football. Awesome, awesome. And like uh, when it comes to like your politics and like your leadership, how would you describe it? Good, great, shitty, uh, solid, what would you say? At the moment, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. Uh, obviously, with a similar system to you guys, uh, obviously we're not a republic. We're, we're still under um, under the Queen, so to speak, the Queen of England. So uh, we're still a part of that whole thing, the Commonwealth, I think it's called, uh, just like Canada. You're not Canada's a democracy? We're a democracy, but we're not a republic. Okay. So we don't have a president. Okay. We have a prime minister. The, okay. uh, the, the royal family still has ultimate power over us. They stay out of it. Yeah, they stay out of it, but they still have ultimate power over us. Uh, but yeah, so we, we elect a, a prime minister. And so we have a conservative party and a, a liberal well, it's, it's kind of weird because our conservative party is called the Liberal Party. <laughs> but, yeah, we've got a left and a right just like you guys. Uh, but in more recent times, it's sort of become a bit of a bit of a foggy mess where you can't really tell the difference anymore. And, and they yeah. just everyone just sort of says shit and doesn't really ever back it up. And you sort of don't know who to trust anymore. You don't know who to vote for. So, yeah, I, th- I think our politics is a mess. Uh, so it's similar to our country. It is, yeah, but I think you guys still have that clear division between yeah. the two, um, whereas I think our guys just sort of it's all just molded into one and they just disagree with the other side for the sake of disagreeing rather than yeah. trying to get things done, which I know that is kind of the case with you guys, but you do have that clear left and right in your country, yeah. whereas we've sort of slipped away from that a little bit. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, um <laughs> Speaking of doing good, bad, or the indifferent, um, one thing that I learned, like speaking to you last time, is that you are married and you and uh, you do have a baby now. Now, um, yes. which I don't want. I mean, and let me know what's your favorite part when it comes to being a dad. What's what's like the most frustrating part, and what? would you say when it comes like to being married i mean what's what's the thing like the minute you fall in love like with your wife and what drives you nuts about her all right <laughs> all right uh we'll go we'll, we'll start with the negatives and then we'll move over to the positives okay uh, in terms of in terms of my son like look at the end of the day there's nothing that's truly frustrating but uh, i think it's just i think it's just how much your life changes so significantly in, in a oh. flick of the fingers uh you know like I, i'd be able to you know come home from work and sit down and you know listen to a podcast or, or listen to the radio and have a few beers and and uh, maybe have a couple of bongs and you know and just chill out whereas you know that's done with now <laughs> you know it's it's come home and and straight into uh you know spending time with my son and all that now that's not a negative it's just 
you've been used to having this lifestyle for so long and then all of a sudden sometimes you stop and think geez i haven't had a chance to just sit down and and just relax and chill for a while you know so but i wouldn't i wouldn't change it for the world because yeah what's the thing i love most uh is seeing him smile it's when when my son when my son smiles at me it doesn't nothing else matters in the world it really really doesn't it's just melts your heart doesn't it it does man and like for anything that you may like whether it's a middle of the night wake up where he's absolutely screaming and you can't calm him down and and you feel Mm. all stressed and what am i going to do about this can i handle this and then you know he'll just look at you and smile and go nothing else matters like my son's smiling at me so you know like everything's great the world is great so yeah that that, that'll be my favorite thing and yeah like i say smiling and laughing and just watching him progress uh when you see new things happen uh it's just so amazing to see like he started rolling over on his own now and you can see him trying to start crawling when he's on his stomach he's he's trying to pull his legs up and and trying to crawl Mm -hmm. um seeing those advancements is is just so cool to see and you just has he's so proud of him no, no, he's still a long way from that. So he's okay. Uh, com- we're coming up on four months for him at the moment. So. Oh, okay. So he's got a long way to go then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like I say, just starting to get to that point where he's trying to crawl. He's still a little bit away from actually being able to crawl, but he's trying to crawl. You can see, you can see what he's trying to do, and and that he's trying to get there. So, yeah, that's all cool stuff. In terms of my wife, what made me fall in love with her is. Um, uh, she's just such a first of all just so sweet like just one of the sweetest people I've ever met and um, the fact that like, I, was, I was able to make her laugh which as I said to you before it's, that's so important to me and um, yeah like when, when I guess similar to my son when I, when she's smiling and, and laughing uh, it's just it once again melts my heart and I just you know I just love her and she's just such a caring woman um amazing mother she really is such an amazing mother and uh yeah i guess just how sweet she is how kind and caring she is uh how intelligent she is uh yeah they're they're probably the key things uh in terms of what annoys me um i I, look there's things but there's nothing that really gets me gets me too bothered uh there's some things where she can be a bit passive aggressive sometimes but uh yeah, look, there's, there's nothing really major. There's nothing that really upsets me about my wife or my son. Uh, okay. It's just occasionally you might feel a little bit a little bit annoyed, but it passes pretty quickly. Very nice, very nice. And, like, the thing is, is like, for me, I mean, uh, that I'm extremely blessed and grateful for, like, my wife and kids. And, you know, like I said uh, a little bit earlier is that, like, the past two years uh, since, like, my mom and dad passed, my wife, she's literally gone through hell with me because of me not being able like, to properly uh, properly get my feelings out. And like the thing is, is that um, she she's been so good to me, and which I've been with her for nine years now. And knowing that I have a woman that loves me so much that she's willing to spend like the rest of her life with me and knowing that, and knowing that, that, that I've had a woman that has literally sacrificed her life multiple times just to give me both of my kids. It's just, it's extremely humbling. And one of the things that, that I is that I have to work on is not 
taking her for granted nearly as much. And like, because man, like we get so used to having such great wives that we take it for granted sometimes saying, all right, we're used to this. And this, this is the status quo, but we don't think to sometimes we don't think we need to say thank you to them more often. And we need to tell them, Hey, we love you more often. I mean, just things like that because women, they love that positive feedback, like that positive um, reassurance. And just uh, my wife, she, she likes for me like to say, Hey, sweetie, thank you for what you do and that I love you. And like, you're a great mom. And lately with me struggling with my depression, it's that's something that I needed to work on, man. And that I need to let, let her know more frequently that she is loved and she is appreciated. So I've, um, I'm working on that. Those those two words, uh, thank you go a long way. And I've said it for a long time to people about uh, like your work life. Um, I've always said that, like you could pay me a, a couple of dollars less an hour if you just say thank you, you yeah. know, every now and then, because uh, there's plenty of bosses out there that just, hey, I pay your wages, I you know, I do all that, so just do what I tell you. Uh, whereas if you if you walk up and pat someone on the back and say good job, thank you, uh, that goes a long way. It makes people feel a lot better. Uh, well, that means the world. It really yeah. does. Yeah. So and so, I'm sorry. No, no, that was it. I was just gonna. Uh, I was just going to no. put some filler in there, but nah, that's pretty much no, it. No, 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 man. Fill it up. Fill it up. <laughs> uh, no, well, yeah, I was just saying that, um, yeah, like, though, the, the thank yous go a long way. And um, because I, I've had, like, say, I've worked jobs where even if it's a, a customer, like I was, I was an electrician uh, previously, and even just a customer that just, you know, you, you've, done, you've done your job and the customer will, will say, wow, thanks a lot for that. Like, appreciate it. You've done a really good job. And you, you walk away walking a foot taller and your head held high because you, you just feel so much better about it. And, uh, yeah, like you said before, uh, I, I try to all the time, like my wife cooked dinner last night and, um, yeah, did a great job cooking dinner and yeah, mm-hmm. always try to remember that, you know, when I finished the dinner and be like, that was delicious. Thank you. You know, it, it, it doesn't take anything. It doesn't cost me anything to say it, but it, it, it makes her feel so much better or anyone you say it to, it makes them feel better. Uh, whenever I had an apprentice working with me as an electrician, at the end of the day, I'd always say, thanks for all your hard work today. You did a good job. Just knowing yeah. that they can then go home feeling better about themselves. So yeah, I, th- I think those two words, thank you are really, really underrated and underused. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And like, uh, you know, like the last time we spoke, Whenever you told me when it comes to my stuttering that I need to own it and that if I own it and that if I'm in on the joke that that takes that power from that person, you have no clue how much that meant to me because that I never thought about it from that perspective. And like now, whenever let's say that I go to work and like some jackass is being rude to me. What normally what I do is I laugh right at him first, saying, "Okay, hey buddy, what's so funny?" Oh man, oh my god, it's so funny that I can't get a word out. Right? <laughs> Holy shit, man! 
that that would annoy the shit out of me too, wouldn't it? Oh God, man. Which word what which word bothered you the most? And then normally they look at me like, oh shit, we can't talk shit about this guy. So yeah, man. It 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 really really meant the world to me. Like with you saying that to me, because I mean, make them look stupid. It, because it makes them look stupid, and it mm. m- m- makes me feel better knowing that, knowing that, knowing that they couldn't get to me, and knowing that they can't take that power from me. So I mean, man, it just really really it really really meant the world to me, and. You notice that, like, we're, we're speaking and like we're talking, and like the more comfortable that I get, like, with somebody, like the better my speech gets. So you notice that, like, we're talking tonight, and it's not not nearly as bad as it was last time. So, but no, man, I just um, from the bottom of my heart, like, uh, just that it's so awesome that. Going back to what I said right at the beginning of the show, wrestling. Wrestling is the main thing that brought all of us together. Me, you, John, Rob, everything. And there's one thing that I've tweeted and I've said, and it's the God honest truth. Wrestling saves lives and wrestling makes differences in lives. And dude, and it's crazy how like the wrestling community how like we're such a tight-knit group and like we just come together and and like we could put all of our differences straight to the side and just focus on loving one another and it's kind of like the straight up truth especially like with 9-11 and that just happening we could learn from like the wrestling fans saying wait a second they don't give a shit what color they are. They don't give a shit what their differences are. They come together and they get along for because they have a common interest. And it's just kind of like we can learn from that. And which and which that and which that what happened to the unity that our country had and the world had right after 9-11? Because now it's like we're more divided than ever. And it just drives me crazy, man. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm rambling again, but I'm just letting you know how I feel. I just think that we can set a great example for people like to follow. Like, hey, we might not have the same religious views, but straight up, that doesn't matter. We have like the we 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 have like that wrestling that's brought us together, and we have that thing called respect. For one another, and that's sorely lacking within this world now, because it's like God forbid we can agree to disagree on things, and you not come off like a jackass or me. Many people don't see it like that no more, and it's just kind of like I would really, me, me and you, we could set that example for people to follow, and I hope and pray that people that are listening to this podcast, you realize that it doesn't matter whether you're a Christian. It doesn't matter where, whether you are in a Buddhist, you're an atheist. It doesn't matter. We are all human beings and we all need to love one another and we all need to respect one another. And w- w- whenever like your fellow man is down, guess what? Don't step over them. Don't step beside them. Don't step on them. You step and you 
you stick that hand out and say, hey, we might not see eye to eye, but by God, we are all in this together and we all need to work together and see things like that. And it's just, I don't know, man, I, which that, which that I hope this show that people, they will like what they've heard, but I hope that they get the message that you can be on different sides of the world, literally and figuratively and still be great friends. So, 100%. Like you speak about religion and that, and yeah, we've, we've spoken about it. That I'm a non-believer and and, and I'm atheist, mm-hmm. but I'm also more than happy to concede that nobody on this earth knows the truth, the the actual truth as to what you know what it is. Whether there is a god or there isn't, there might be multiple gods. You know, is there an afterlife? Is there not? We don't know. We just got to go with our own beliefs. And um, yep. but at, but at the end of the day, it's what what's at the core? What's what's in your heart? And like I spoke to the uh, John and Rob a little while ago off air uh, talking yeah. about this and I personally have the belief that if I'm wrong and there is a God, given what I've been told, that God creates everything, God has a plan, uh, I truly believe in my heart of hearts that if there is a God, he would look at me and go, he's not, like, yes, he doesn't believe in me and I know that's one of the key factors key points of the Ten Commandments and all that but if Mm -hmm. he did truly create me then he created me to be an atheist and to challenge other people and question other people Um, so I I believe that you know my heart's always in the right place and in general I feel like I'm a good person and if there is a God I I believe that he'd see that and and he's not going to send me to hell because I I didn't I didn't pray to him and I I, I didn't go to church Uh, that's what I believe if there is a God he's not he's not going to condemn me forever mm. just because I didn't believe in him but hey that's that's just my belief system at okay. the, but at the end of the day it is just what what's most important is where your heart is at and it's mm. it's about treating people in the right way and um, yeah j- just the fact that you, you believe in God doesn't necessarily make you a good person and the fact that you don't believe in God doesn't necessarily make you a bad person there's plenty of really Plenty of really shitty people that um, believe in God and um, and practice his, his, you know, his every wish uh, to an extent, I guess, because I guess if you're a bad person, you're not practicing his every wish. But, yeah, plenty of shitty people that are Christians, plenty of shitty people that are atheists, uh, plenty of shittier people that are Muslim, blah, blah, blah. But there's a yeah. shit ton of really good people that are Christian, really good people that are atheists. So for me, it's, it's not about what you believe religiously. It's about yeah. how you treat people, uh, how you present yourself. And like I say, anyone, like, fuck, man, if, if I was ever in the same place as you and I saw someone uh, ripping on your stutter, let me yeah. tell you something. Everybody has something they're sensitive about. Everyone has that flaw that they don't want anyone to expose. And um, I spoke to you about being the fat kid in school and, you know, I'm still an overweight guy, but I learned a lot being the fat kid in school and, and, and getting and people picking on me uh, because, like I said, do you, I learned to own it and um, and so I knew, oh, what, what are you going to say to me? Are you going to call me fat? Yeah, yeah, I'm fat. Yeah, look how much I just ate. Yeah, yeah, yeah blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, I'm reading this, I'm reading people and going, I know you're sensitive about that. So you want to try me, guess what? You're about to, you're about to get tor- torn down and, if, yep. I, if I was in the same place with you and someone started uh, ripping on your stutter, uh, let me tell you something. That person is going to be in tears when I'm done with them. 
because I'll, I'll figure out what they're sensitive about and I will pick it to pieces. Because if you want to treat someone like shit, I'll treat you like shit. Uh, that's, yep. you know, you get, you get what you, uh, so you, yeah, you get what you give. And uh, that's, that's what I wholeheartedly believe. And uh, that, yeah, that's what I was saying to you is anyone that wants to attack you for your stutter, they're not an intelligent person. Uh, they're not funny. They're not witty because, well, that's so obvious. It's so, it's so easy to pick on. Um, mm. Like, what, where's the gain in that? Hey, everyone. This is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called, Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called, Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did you have a bad day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us. What's going on? You have John Wanglin, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets.